This is Sam from Spokane. I just finished listening to Jesse Dollimore as a guest on two other podcasts, once again illustrating the fact that Brittany is indeed the best part of I Doubt It with Brittany Page and some guy named Dollimore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right. Welcome to the show. Episode 254 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore. And sitting across from me, fat and happy, my lovely and talented co-host, Brittany Page. Excuse me? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? It's kind of a, I'm just talking about how we had a good time in Nashville <laughs> and ate some real tasty treats. You know, we did. I also had the best Tom Collins I've ever had in my life. Oh, yeah. In Nashville. You did. It was extremely tasty. Well, you, it seemed you were only able to... It looked it looked good going in because when we got there we got there very late. Um, we did get pushed off of our first flight. We're not going to get into all the the the, the dirty nitty gritty, but um, the, when we got to the hotel, we went and had a drink before the bar closed, mm-hmm. and they were actually able to make you a Tom Collins. Yeah, which never happens at any bar in California. And it didn't happen at any other bar in Tennessee. It did not until the last one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So and I was he excited. Made the shit out of that drink. Really, he did. It was so great that I don't know how I'm going to ever drink one again without having this guy be my personal bartender. Yeah. Well, because I'm clearly not going to get it done with the that swill that I make you. Uh, seriously. <laughs> seriously. So if you have a chance to go to Nashville, I would say uh, take it. Yeah. Uh, it, it was a really good time. We, we, we hung out down at the, the crazy party area for about mm, 10 minutes. And Broadway. got the hell out of there. Yeah. Too much. Broadway is the streets. Yeah. Apparently it's called Nash Vegas. Apparently that's offensive, people say. I don't know why. Because if you build it <laughs> to be like fucking Vegas... You can't get offended when people call it like Vegas. Well, it reminded me of walking around Hollywood Boulevard. Just too many people yeah. at night, too many drunk people, people trying to hand you CDs yeah, against yeah. your will, forcing <laughs> them on you, and then wanting money from you if you take them because you don't know what's happening. Um, hasn't happened to me, just speaking from what I see on the street. <laughs> you, you know what I did learn? Something about you that I I didn't know. I'm We've known each other for... Wow, almost 10 years, eight, uh-huh. eight, eight years or nine years or so. What is this? And uh, well, I noticed there was a lot of, of redheaded folk oh, yes. in Tennessee. Yes. I, we, we had encounters with, with several uh-huh. of my people. <laughs> and uh, Brittany, for the audience's knowledge, because I didn't know this until the trip, Brittany thinks that, uh, well, let's put it this way. I look over at Brittany after there, a redheaded guy walked through the airport, it was in a terminal, and Brittany is staring at me, and I'm like, "What? What's up? What are you? What are you staring at?" She goes, well, "I always watch you when another redhead comes in uh, to the room or around you to see if you guys like give the secret, you know, like high sign or like the bro or you know, like when motorcyclists pass one another on the road, they stick the arm out like in solidarity." Yeah. No, we don't do that. Well, I think you should. <laughs> 
Why? Because it's so rare. And, you know, you see another one of your ginger brethren and you want to be like, hey, I'm with you, brother. Do you think if, if amputees pass each other in the hallway... That they like give the nod, the knowing nod, like yeah, we're in the we're in the crowd. Maybe you never know. <laughs> well, I can t- assure you, redheads don't do that. Okay, I mean, well, I'm, at I, least I don't. I understand that, but I'm saying you should. Why? I don't know. <laughs> that but, is that is ironclad logic. But there's an- no way around that. Another exciting thing that happened when we were in Nashville is we were in line at Hattie B's Chicken, Hattie B's Hot Chicken, really amazing. And a homeless man walked up to the line and for some reason focused in on you. Oh, yeah. And was making eye contact with you and went on this probably two minute rant. Yelling. So it, it seemed like a 10 minute ordeal because he was right in my face screaming. And everybody knows I don't like to be a spectacle. It was pretty intense. And he ended up telling you that you should kill yourself. Well, he, he said I should kill myself because I am responsible for all racism in America. And I couldn't really gather because there was a lot of garbled. He was mentally ill. But also that I think what, what I gathered was that I was responsible also for the death of Martin Luther King. Well, apparently he's been watching your Occupy Democrats videos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, listen, I didn't I didn't engage him because I don't think that would have led anywhere positive. Well, you did make eye contact with him. I did because I didn't want to ignore. I, it felt like dehumanizing if I just would ignore that he was there. Which everyone did. Yeah, and I, I felt weird about that. Maybe I did the wrong thing, maybe. But I just felt weird not engaging him in that way. I thought that speaking with him might inflame the situation. But at least I acknowledged that he was there. I mm-hmm. you know, nodded along when he was talking. Mm-hmm. And then he, I, he got tired of that and just told me to go kill myself and yeah, <laughs> and he marched on yeah. So so that was a nice so yeah in Nashville very uh, accommodating very hospitable being told <laughs> to kill yourself within twelve hours of being there yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, good times yeah. Before we move on, I want to thank listener Chase. We checked the mail the other day, and lo and behold. Delivered to our lonely P.O. box. Should I give it just in case people want to send us more? It's on the delicious website. Delicious gifts. It's on the website. Uh, all right. <laughs> uh, loyal listener, lovely listener Chase sent us a bag of Death Wish coffee. I'm scared of it. Haven't tried it yet. Don't know if I want to. There is skull and crossbones. It looks like uh, like the Punisher, if you know the cartoon. Or the comic book. Yeah. That, that the Punisher is, like, even on the back with the, the UPC code, mm-hmm. that's like the teeth of the, sc- of the skull. And yeah. it's in a black and red warning label box. It seems intense. I don't like having heart attacks. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I do. And I don't know if I want to try it. So anyway, Chase, uh, thank you very much. It's very generous. We don't expect gifts from our, from our listening audience, but it is certainly flattering and lovely to have gotten it. Thank so. you so much, Chase. And I will let you know if I am dying. I will tweet you. It will be the last <laughs> thing I do right. in this life. <laughs> so I don't know why. Just letting you know. I don't know why that struck me. All right. Well, let's move on. We have a whole bunch of listener communication. We have some emails. What should we get to first, Brittany? 
Let's start with a message from the dollamore.com website from Michael. All right. Hey, Jesse and Brittany. That Megyn Kelly and Newt Gingrich showdown that you guys played on the last episode reminded me of something in the first presidential debate that Trump said to Clinton. Quote, no wonder you've been fighting ISIS your entire adult life. That was a really weird statement by Trump. In your first bonus debate episode, Jesse said that Trump was ejaculating prematurely about that (laughs) statement. Newt Gingrich reminded me of one of those, quote, firing off prematurely moments when he told Megyn Kelly that she was fascinated with sex. He also interrupted Megyn Kelly a lot. I was trying to hear what she was trying to say when Gingrich interrupted and started talking bs anyways sorry if this rambled a bit but that is all i have to say about that love the show and britney's the best part michael p.s britney should probably start appearing in your youtube videos from now on love the show britney's the best part bye i have tried michael much to to my chagrin britney is not really interested in that right now we will see what happens in the future Listen, I'd love for her to pick up some slack because with the other <laughs> the other bullshit that I'm doing, it's hard. It's hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm yeah. not talking to you. I'm talking to Michael. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I will bow out of this conversation. <laughs> no, listen, I agree with you, Michael, about that. Uh, and not just the, the Britney on the YouTube thing. I agree with you about about Newt Gingrich. It's a weird thing, this election cycle, that that Donald Trump, the ultimate demagogue psycho, sociopath freak show walking sideshow act i mean there should be bars or plexiglass around him and we should charge admission to watch him it's a it's it's just bizarre but he is turning iconic political figures in our country into maniacs as well listen you might not agree with rudy giuliani and you might not agree with newt gingrich but at one point in their careers they were respectable characters so what happened? I have no idea. They weren't always this demagogic. Is that a word? They, they weren't like always it. this maniacal and hyper insane partisan. They take hyper partisanship to a whole new stratosphere. And it's all at the behest of their orange face Fuhrer. You think it's just what Hillary Clinton does to people? No, no. I think that it's a, it's a special <laughs> ingredient that Trump adds to people's minds. Uh-huh. He's poisoning what was already an on-the-edge mind as, as it was. Well, I think also part of it is that people hate Hillary Clinton so yeah, much. Yeah, sure, sure. And that coupled with the freak show. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's bizarre. It's sad. It, it really is. Thanks for the email, Michael. We appreciate it. So we have another message from Renia. And she says, hey, guys, just wanted to respond to this entire scenario of rigged elections. I've heard a lot of comparisons to the 2000 presidential election. Please correct me if my information is inaccurate or incomplete, as I was only 14 years old at the time. I do not recall at any point Al Gore calling into question the legitimacy of the election. Even in his role in certification of the election results as his role as vice president, he did not challenge the results. That's true. Despite encouragement by fellow Democrats to do so. I think that is the stark difference. Al Gore never refused to accept the election results and never wanted to take democracy down with him. Love you guys and the show. Brittany's the best part. Jesse, you're cool too. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. 
Uh, that is exactly right. In fact, uh, Al Gore, for all of Al Gore's faults, Al Gore wasn't the one to challenge. The, the reason that the, the case got brought before the courts was because of the George W. Bush campaign. They, it, was, it was Bush v. Gore, if you remember. It, the plaintiff always comes first. The defendant comes second. Bush v. Gore. They started the lawsuit that eventually led to the Supreme Court. They were the ones challenging the results, not Al Gore. So that is absolutely correct. It's just, that's history. That's fact. There's no way around that. So yeah, you have a good memory for 14. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, and this is one of the more problematic things, although I do want to kind of toot my own horn a little bit Uh-oh. and say... <laughs> That was kind of Supermanish. Yeah. So <laughs> Donald Trump has. I'm not saying you're Supermanish. I'm saying that was like Supermanish. Yeah, I wasn't concerned. Okay. Yeah, I don't care. Um, so I, I said that I was. You are kind of manish, though. Okay. I was surprised <laughs> that I'm only five ten. I was surprised that Donald Trump. Average height of a man five foot nine. You were. I know. I keep throwing you off. You were surprised that Donald Trump. Uh, I was surprised that Donald, oh, that he, that he continues to say to his supporters, you know, we're ahead, the polls are rigged, don't believe them, blah, 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 because he should be saying, and I've been saying that he should be saying, that he's down in the polls, yeah. and that everyone needs to get out and vote, and finally he started saying this, although he didn't say we're down in the polls, he said, Pretend, Pretend we're down like in the That's polls. Exactly what he did. And get out there and vote. Well, and Hillary Clinton's doing it the way she should be doing it, which is listen, things aren't looking good right now. We need everybody. Mm-hmm. Go bring your neighbor, bring your friends, bring your family, get the vote out, because that is the only way we're going to win this thing. Right. But tr- Donald Trump's ego won't let him do that. No. <laughs> he always has, I'm winning. I'm huge. It's amazing. It's tremendous. Believe me. Yeah. All right. Is that it on the email front? That is, but we do have text messages. All right, let's get to a couple of those. We love the text messages. Although, if you send in a text message, I know it's, it's not normal operating procedure to sign it with your name, but if you're texting the show to 657-464-7609, sign your little name on there so I can give you a, give you a shout out, as they say. Well, this person... As the, as the kids are saying. This person did leave their name. All right. Hey, Jesse and Brittany. I'm Katie from Kentucky. Hey, Katie from Kentucky. I'm a relatively new listener to your show. To be honest, the last year of my life has been consumed with stopping Donald Trump. I am 20 years old. And I like a, Katie already. And a registered Republican, though as this election goes on, I am more and more determined to change my party affiliation. Like you said in your last episode, candidates used to be dignified on both sides. I did not like Mitt Romney, but I remember attending a McCain-Palin rally when I was 12, and it really sparked my love for politics. This was also before Palin went a little crazy, and definitely before <laughs> McCain and Palin both endorsed Trump. That is what fame will do. But in general, presidential candidates traditionally have been held to a standard that no Republican has held Trump to. He is crude, and he is pompous. I used to be able to at least understand Understand where my family and friends that support him are coming from, but no longer. His comments about immigrants, women, and his blatant disregard for the truth should prove he is completely inept for the office he is seeking. That being said, I want you to know that in the deeply red state of Kentucky, there are rational people from both sides of the aisle who are putting country before party. So many country folk have fallen for Trump's hoax. 
but not all. I'm a millennial Republican, and I'll proudly be voting to elect the first female president of the United States. Yeah, good for you. Given our choices, she is not just the best option. She is my only option in the face of that maniacal orange man. Seriously, if I had fanfare here, I would play it. That is spot on. I couldn't have said it any better myself. That is exactly, exactly right. Katie from Kentucky killing it. The situation in which we find ourselves right now is one of a binary choice. Gary Johnson is not going to be president of the United States. Evan McMullen is not going to be president of the United States. And Jill Stein, sure as shit, isn't going to be president of the United States. So it's only going to be Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton. Those are your only two choices. And I'm not going to go as far, I may have said this in the past, but I'm not going to go as far as to say, You're wasting your vote, because I don't believe any vote is a wasted vote. But if you do something that gives wind into the sails of Donald Trump toward the White House, then you are making the wrong decision. You are helping to damage America. And that's not good. So, in my mind... Unless you're doing something to to stop him from getting into office, and for me, that's voting for Hillary Clinton, you know, am I making sense here? Yeah, you're making a lot of sense. All right. Well, good. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) All right. Well, let's, uh, let's move on to some voicemails. Last time on the show, well, over the course of the last couple shows... We had John, my very new best friend from the United Kingdom, call in Mm -hmm. with his friendly ass, awesome British accent. (laughs) And then we had John from Pennsylvania, a.k.a. Pennsylvania, call in with his what he thought and what you thought was a beautiful British accent Mm -hmm. faked. And uh, I did not. I thought it was terrible. But anyway, this started. We had a question then. Well, what's Pennsylvania? Because he always this is John from Pennsylvania. And uh, first, let's get to that. Hey, Jesse and Brittany. This is Carissa again from Pennsylvania, aka Pennsylvania. I'm sure John's going to call you and tell you the same thing. Pennsylvania is pretty much anywhere between Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. So those of us in the middle of the state, it's it's Pennsylvania. So cross between you know Pennsylvania. And Kentucky and sometimes it's way more Kentucky sometimes it's pretty Alabama depending on the areas that you go to and sometimes it's just bad so I'm sure you'll get the same kind of voice memo from uh, from John but I just figured I'd give my two cents in there bye that's quite the sign off <laughs> bye that's how we should do the sign-off of the show. So she is right. Chris is right. Uh, John did call to explain what Pennsylvania is and then regale us with more terrible fucking accents. Except this time he explained how to do the accents. And I'm not going to play that because we're done with the accents except for this <laughs> very next call. I got to give John from the United Kingdom one more shot. And he, he might be worse than John Oliver at an American accent. Hi, Brittany. Hi, Jesse. This is Jonathan from the UK. Just calling in again. 
Glad to see that my accent has given your fan base some entertainment there. <laughs> and I must say also to John in Pencil Tucky, well played, sir. Very well played. <laughs> anyway, just thought I'd call in and just met with something <laughs> I've noticed. Given that the Trump campaign seems to be in sort of a terminal decline at the moment, I'm wondering what you guys are thinking with regards to what's going to happen to the Republican Party after the election. <laughs> Is Trump going to take his loyal base with him? Or would there possibly be a rise in maybe four years of a new, more polished, more electable version of Trump? Which, to be frank, is kind of terrifying. But, uh, well, I don't know. Anyway. And just to stop that there, because that's hurting my ears now. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. Really enjoying the show. Please keep it up. Oh, <laughs> Brittany, still the best part. Thank Love you. the show. Bye-bye. Brittany's the best part. Terrible, right? It was awesome because he went through <laughs> all the different regions of the United States, I think, in that short little message. He's almost like Kermit the Frog here. <laughs> He's like a weird, like a hollow sounding. Ah, well, thank you, guys. I wondered what do you think about that? That's uh, pretty great. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so anyway. Uh, I loved it. Not nah, Listen, we, we have... I say this, and I know it sounds like a just trite bullshit, but we really do have the best goddamn audience <laughs> in podcasting because they're engaging and they they participate and they're talented, funny people who one can take a joke because I don't think it's super common for a, a host of a show to shit on its listeners like I do, and uh, you know they get it because they're funny, awesome people. Yes. Who do terrible, terrible accents. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I guess I'll answer your question, but I'll do it in my voice, John. The Republican Party is dead as we know it. Something's going to rise from the ashes. Maybe there's going to be an actual physical split with a new name of something. But I believe there's going to be an ultra right-wing, super conservative party. Racist, alt-right kind of a thing. You mean gonna... aside from like the American Nazi party? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to be more... Well, those people are going to filter in, uh -huh. filter down into this quote-unquote respectable party. Mm -hmm. But it's just going to be the same old hateful racist bullshit. Right. So, and then as far as Donald Trump is concerned, I don't think he'll run again. He's certainly not going to morph into something more palatable. He's he's just Donald Trump. That's all he can be. Yeah, he's incapable of doing yeah, that. Yeah, he hasn't changed since in June when he announced his candidacy. So, I don't know. Look, a, a lot's... To, Let's get past the election, then let's start prognosticating on what's to come. All right. Well, thank you guys for the emails and the voicemails. Every time we skip a show, it just it piles up on us. I don't know what that sound effect was, but uh, if you too would like to sound off to the <laughs> yes. show, you can call, leave a fewer than three-minute voicemail to 657-464-7609. Or, of course, as always, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. All right. Well, Brittany is champing at the bit to talk about this next story. So without further ado, let's talk about male birth control. Well, every couple of months you see these articles pop up on time or whatever and they say, oh, the male birth control is coming. And they've been saying this since, I don't know, They've been saying it for years. Okay? Yeah, yeah, at least 20 years. Yeah. So there's a new article making the rounds about the latest news in male contraceptive, and it's injectable 
Mm. male contraceptive. And it's apparently very effective. How effective? In a trial of 320 men, researchers found that over a one-year period, it was 96% effective in preventing pregnancy. Wow. That's about as good as condoms, right? A World Health Organization said, quote, the study found it is possible to have a hormonal contraceptive for men that reduces the risk of unplanned pregnancies in the partners of men who use it. Wow. That's, Very good news. Yeah, it's great news. However, the trial of the drug has been halted because 20... Guys, dicks, dicks falling off. Well, 20 men <laughs> found the side effects of the injection intolerable. Intolerable, these well, side effects were. <laughs> All right. What, what were the side effects? Okay. Depression. Muscle pain. Mood swings. Acne. And changes to the libido. <laughs> Aren't these the same side effects that women suffer? Oh, they sound quite similar, don't they? They do. Aren't they the same? Yes, but they're intolerable. <laughs> we can't have these side effects. Excuse me. We're used to not having to do anything. That's male privilege right there, and right? And not having to experience any kind of problem. Am I wrong about that? That's male privilege. Well, it's just, it's very funny because women a lot of times have very bad side effects yeah, with, yeah. with contraceptive and it can be, you know, gaining weight or having acne. All the same things. Yeah. It can be really unpleasant things. And <laughs> they're saying that it's intolerable. And so they're halting this <laughs> right. because they think it's so bad that they need to figure out how to deal with these side effects. Are they also in, in, in due course going to halt manufacture of ma uh, female contraception <laughs> uh no we're just gonna have to keep on keep on keeping doing on. what we do <laughs> yeah living with the overweight and the acne and the lessened debido and depression well not everybody experiences these things well of course it's a side effect but, but only it, it only affects a, a certain po portion of the population right. sometimes you just have to find your fit and you have to go through a lot of hell doing that mm. yeah all right good times not good times. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like yourself by way of Patreon. You can contribute per episode as much or as little as you'd like, comforted by the knowledge that you're within your budget and helping move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you too would like to become a supporter, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dolomore. Randy. Randy. Thank you. Woo! <laughs> Thank <Randy>. you. <laughs> wow. Um, you know, everyone else didn't get that kind of celebration. So. I think it's our second Randy. That's why it got the, the heightened excitement. <laughs> got it. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for being our latest Patreon contributor. You are awesome. Listen, we just put in a new order for brand new stickers, mm -hmm. and those will be arriving shortly, and we will be sending those out to all of the latest Patreon subscribers, as well as all of the old Patreon subscribers. That is right. No, I don't want to call them old, Brittany. That's, that's very uh, microaggressive. Is it? Let's call them the original. Yeah. The the legacy mm. Patreon and PayPal Even supporters. Even better. Yes. <laughs> 
everyone is going to get them yes. because they will have the updated logo and they are going to be fresh. I know the one on fresh. my <laughs> the one on my laptop looks like shit, so I'm wow. sure that some of the stickers from the past do as well. well so, have, have I talked about why I wanted to get new logo and new stickers? The dick nose, yeah. I had a I have a dick nose on the old logo. You did. It was distracting. Like like a little like a little like a little penis with with the little his little pals the testicles on the side. Yeah, that's no good. It was truly obscene. How could we become a global brand, Brittany? It's borderline pornographic. I'm already a dick nose, just figuratively. I don't yeah. want to really be a dick nose. <laughs> yeah. Plus, so, I look jaundice, like I'm hepatitis guy or something. <laughs> anyway, so it's going to be fixed. <laughs> We're updating it. No more dick nose. Um, I also want to say we have started receiving Thanksgiving submissions, and thank you oh, so yeah. much. Thanks for bringing this up to those of you who have submitted Thanksgiving submissions. They're beautiful. Please keep them coming. We want our Thanksgiving episode to continue to grow and grow each year. Listen, and don't wait, though. You need to do it right now. Right. So send them in. Because it, it takes me about 10 days to put that piece together. And so we just put it up on Facebook the previous last year's uh, Thanksgiving episode. We just put it up on Facebook and we tweeted it. So go ahead and track that down. Listen to it. Get a feel for what we are going for with right. that. It's on the Facebook or the YouTube channel too. Right. And send in your submissions. Let's hear them. Yeah. 657-464-7609. I doubt it at dollamore.com. We love you guys. Dollamocracy 2016. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. All right. Well, before we move on into the Dollamocracy segment, I guess we can't go any further without talking about this new revelation from James Comey, the FBI director, and how he dropped the fucking ball with this thing. It is absolutely ridiculous what he did. He's getting condemned by not just Democrats who are in league with Hillary Clinton. He's also getting shit from die-to-the-wool Republicans. People like Janine Pirro, Judge Janine over at Fox News is giving him shit. There's all kinds of former Republican attorneys general who have come out condemning his action here. So I kind of want to explain what's going on because... So many people I see are not understanding at all. They just assume, oh, they found a bunch of more emails and they know what's going on and Hillary Clinton is bad. And I want to explain what's going on. So what I'm going to have is Brittany's going to read the very short statement that he sent to the Republican committee members explaining what was going on. In previous congressional testimony, I referred to the fact that the FBI had completed its investigation of former Secretary Clinton's personal email server. Due to recent developments, I am writing to supplement my previous testimony. In connection with an unrelated case, the FBI has learned of the existence of emails that appear to be pertinent to the investigation. I am writing to inform you that the investigative team briefed me on this yesterday, and I agreed that the FBI should take appropriate investigative steps designed to allow investigators to review these emails to determine whether they contained classified information, as well as to access their importance to our investigation. 
although the FBI cannot yet assess whether or not this material may be significant, and I cannot predict how long it will take us to complete this additional work. I believe it is important to update your committee about our efforts in light of my previous testimony. Sincerely yours, James B. Comey, Director. All right. Here's why this is problematic. This doesn't say a fucking thing. It does not. All this says is, okay, while we were looking into Anthony Weiner being a filthy pedophile, allegedly, we found a laptop that had some emails that we think might be pertinent. Here are the problem parts of this this, uh, memo. The FBI has learned of the existence of emails that appear to be pertinent to the investigation. So they just found out that some emails exist. Oh, there's emails out there, and they we think they might be pertinent. Then he goes on to say that, and he agreed that the FBI should take appropriate investigative steps designed to allow investigators to review these emails to determine whether they contain classified information. So all he's saying is, so, and then I'm going to let my guys do what they need to do to find out whether or not something bad has happened here. So he's admitting, we don't even know if it's bad or good. We have no idea. Right. Next problematic. To assess their importance to our investigation. Again, they don't even know if they're important. They have no idea. Although the FBI cannot yet assess whether or not this material may complete, <coughs> may be significant, this material may be significant, And I cannot predict how long it will take us to complete this additional work. All of this, those are the key points, folks. They don't know anything. And he announces this inside of two weeks before an election. Well, that's what I'm wondering is that the last sentence of the letter says, I believe it is important to update your committee about our efforts in light of my previous testimony. Well, can we get an elaboration on that point? Because why? Why did you think it was important? Nothing, unless something regarding this current quote unquote investigation would would cause you to have perjured yourself prior before the committee, then there's no need to do that. Well, because what does this do to the uninitiated? All it does is inflame <laughs> the imaginations of people who are one already recalcitrant against Hillary Clinton, but also people who are on the fence. Oh, this is just more more Clinton nonsense. This is just more Clinton corruption. And that's a bummer because by all intents and purposes, that's not what's going on here. In fact, there are credible reporting right now from either the Los Angeles Times or the, the Washington Post that these emails aren't even from Hillary Clinton. But it fits so neatly into that narrative. Right. That- it's a problem. James Comey screwed the pooch here. It's a it's it, if he's responsible for Hillary Clinton's loss, it's just it's untenable. This is why it's important to get out there and vote, folks. Because look, even if there is this corruption thing happening here and this is a, and you it's a problem for you. Like I said before, it's a binary choice. It's either Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump. So take your pick. Well, I mean, do you want do you want chemotherapy that's going to kill you because you don't have cancer, or do you want you know 
the, the flu virus that might give you a little fever for like 12 hours, and then you're good. You want to kill yourself or, or what? That's a terrible analogy, but. Well, and I heard Eric Trump um, talking <laughs> about how, something about how he can't imagine having a president who gets elected while they are under investigation. Oh, God. And I thought this was an interesting point to make, given that his father is going to have to appear in court in December in a child rape case. Right. So, uh, either way, <laughs> maybe not great. And also this month, he goes to, to court for the, the Trump University bullshit. Mm-hmm. So he's, he, he, he's being investigated for fraud in a federal case. And also, a case on December 16th, which is being allowed to go forward by a federal judge for brutally raping a 13-year-old girl. Allegedly. And now, no, I say that's what the case is about. Yeah. <laughs> Just throw it in there. I get it. I get Just it. Covering it the there. tracks now. Very litigious, Donald Trump. Now, there are also allegations that there were girls younger than that. Come on, folks. Binary choice here. Hillary Clinton does not rise to that level. Speaking of that rape case, reports have come out of how Donald Trump's lawyer, that Michael Cohen guy, you know, the who says, what polls, that guy, that he threatened the Daily Beast reporter when she was asking questions indicating that she was going to write a story about it. So Michael Cohen actually said this about the Ivana Trump situation. Oh, the other rape allegation. Right, where Ivana Trump had said that she was raped by Donald Trump when they were married, but then she apparently went back on that and said that what she meant was emotionally. Even though she said the word rape, that she was raped after a violent attack, she said this under oath. In court proceedings. So this is what Michael Cohen said when a Daily Beast reporter was going to report on this. Quote, I will make sure that you and I meet one day while we're in the courthouse. And I will take you for every penny you still don't have. And I will come after your Daily Beast and everybody else that you possibly know. So I'm warning you, tread very fucking lightly. Because what I'm going to do to you is going to be fucking disgusting. You understand me? You write a story that has Mr. Trump's name in it with the word rape. And I'm going to mess up your life. For as long as you're on this frickin' planet. Don't know why frickin' is in there all of a sudden. (laughs) And you're he go- drops the F-bomb, the actual F-bomb, like three times and then frickin'. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to have judgments against you. So much money. You'll never know how to get out from underneath it. He talks a lot like Donald Trump. Yeah. It's amazing. It is. Yeah. He does. So that's that's how they're, they're choosing to deal. I, I, listen, that seems like an overreaction. If you're innocent of a charge... Seems like you'd be like, yeah, let's go to court. Sure. I have an alibi. Of course I didn't. That seems a little, you know, he's protesting a little bit too much. Well, it's Michael Cohen. (laughs) Wish bulls. Who? Who said? (laughs) All right. Well, on on to the next uh, next bit of this. And I want to call out. Listen, I'm disappointed this election cycle. It, It makes it's no surprise to anybody. 
And I've often said, especially in the, under the guise of talking about moving the conversation forward, and agreeing isn't always the, the, the preferred outcome. I mean, ultimately, it's the preferred outcome. But as long as we can agree, as long as we can disagree in an agreeable manner and compromise about getting things done, not only your way, but, you know, a mixture of, of our both of our different ways of our divergent views. That's what's most important. And so I have respect for people like Paul Ryan, for people like Jason Chaffetz, who have said, I'm not going to support Donald Trump. Jason Chaffetz unendorsed Donald Trump and talked about, I can't, how can I look my 15-year-old daughter in the face if I support and endorse Donald Trump for president? Those are noble moves. Those are idealistic moves. I, I respect that. Until? Well, let me introduce you to some cowards, folks. House Speaker Paul Ryan just announcing this morning he has already cast his vote. Take a listen. I already voted here in Janesville for our nominee last week in early voting. Uh, we need to support our entire Republican ticket. Uh, here's the other thing I'd say. For those of us who lived through the 1990s, Steve, it's sort of a feeling of deja vu. And the point I keep trying to make to younger voters who did not live through the 1990s, this is what life with the Clintons looks like. It's always a scandal, one after another. Then there's an investigation. And, and, and what happens, Steve, is you never know what's coming next. They live beyond the rules, and they live to work the system to help themselves, to help Clinton Incorporated. Yeah, and oh yeah, I'm a Republican and Speaker of the House. Who was he going to vote for? Let's bring in CNN political editor David Chalian, joining us now with the bottom line. Chris, did you notice that the name he said in that whole clip was Clinton? He said it twice. The name he did not say was, was Trump. Trump. He called him our nominee. Uh, I think Paul Ryan uh, is quite clear there uh, that he is not embracing Donald Trump in any way. He's casting his vote for whoever had the R after their name on the ballot. And this has been his struggle uh, throughout uh, this entire time. In fact, I think we've seen this struggle in the establishment sort of wing of the party. Uh, because look at John Kasich, the Ohio governor. We learned yesterday he wrote in John McCain's name on on his ballot, there was a divide about how to handle the Trump candidacy because nobody seemed very eager to embrace it fully. So I, I don't hesitate when I say that Paul Ryan is a coward. Paul Ryan is putting party ahead of country. That entire diatribe he just went on about, about corruption and investigations could be said of Donald Trump and probably more aptly of Donald Trump. Child rape, folks. Not paying taxes, folks. Trump University fraud case, folks. Picking fights with former beauty pageants, folks. Goddamn. It's not even close. Hillary Clinton's the former Secretary of State of the United States. A former senator for the state of New York. The former First Lady of the United States of America. Yeah, have they had some scandals? Yes. Has she always been the, the, the person that I have said that I'm going to vote for? No. Binary. It is binary. It's either Trump or Clinton. I mean, we can't be surprised by Paul Ryan's move, though, because he wouldn't unendorse Donald Trump. He tried to distance himself. He said, I'm not going to support or defend him anymore. Right. Those two words. And that's that's what he did. He he just stepped out of the the spotlight. Yeah, right. I get it. But, but a vote 
is the most support and endorsement that you can give is your vote. Right. But what I'm saying is this was to be expected because yeah. he didn't come out and say. Right. No, sure. No, I am not voting for him. I am not supporting right. him. I'm not doing this anymore. It doesn't make him any less a filthy coward. A coward. Coward, Brittany. <laughs> I think we got it. Well, here's Megan McCain on Fox News talking about Jason Chaffetz and his non-support, then his support, then his non-support, and then his eventual support. Megan, your thoughts on Republicans reversing course. Jason Chaffetz in particular looks like he's just doing this for political expediency. I actually have a problem with the fact that he referenced his 15-year-old daughter when he unendorsed. And then I don't know what happened. He said he couldn't look his 15-year-old daughter in the eye. And I don't know what happened in a few days. But now apparently his daughter isn't coming into play with this. He was angling for speaker before Paul Ryan. I think this probably goes to the fact that there is a large swath of the Republican Party who are huge Trump supporters. And he doesn't want to make them angry. I I just want politicians to keep with their convictions one way or another. If you unendorse, stick with it. There's a mere 11 days left. We're literally counting down the hours at this point, but you're swaying with the wind. And in some swing states, Donald Trump is doing better right now. I certainly wouldn't count him out. So the problem with these specific politicians that we just referenced is it looks like you just go wherever the weather vane is. No conviction one way or another. Be a Jeff Flake, a Ben Sass, stick with it the whole time. Well, you hit the nail on the, the head. Going, it, the word is winning. Yes. And, you know, from the beginning, they were behind him. How much? Zero, the establishment. But when he beat 16 others, they did kind of a check. And then they checked back out. And then they check in. And then they check out. At the convention, he had to move forward. And he did. Paul Manafort came in and helped scoop up those delegates. A tape comes out. It is lewd. It is crude. Awful things said. However, now they're back on the train. So what's driving it? What's changed? Winning. Winning at what cost? Winning for the party over the, the well-being of our nation, of our 240-year-old union. That's what's at stake here. And winning at the cost of his daughters and their relationship, apparently. Because I can't even look at my daughter. How am I going to look at my daughter, my 15-year-old beautiful, innocent daughter, if I support Donald Trump? Three days later, yeah, fuck her. <laughs> My daughter doesn't matter. Who fucking cares? Disgusting coward. What makes you wonder what's going on behind the scenes? It's a binary choice. Well, it makes you wonder. I mean, what happened? It, it doesn't matter. He's a coward. He is a high-ranking member of the House of Representatives. He has power in this. He's not some you know low-ranking not even on powerful committees. He's a chairman. This is a big deal. He can't just get brushed aside. He's leadership. He was in running to be Speaker of the House. He needs to play with that power and that clout and not cave like a coward. Well, to juxtapose their decision to vote for Donald Trump, to support Donald Trump, Let's, uh, let's put into light exactly the candidate that they're voting for. Here's a commercial from the Hillary Clinton campaign that features one of the African-American women that was not allowed to rent a Trump property back in the 70s because of the color of her skin. 
My name is Mae Wiggins. I was denied an apartment in the Trump buildings based on the color of my skin. Before Donald Trump got into the penthouses and the luxury casinos, he and his family were involved in low and moderate income rental housing in Brooklyn, Queens, and other cities. I applied and was told by the Trump Corporation that there were no vacancies. What they told May wasn't true, and when she complained to the New York Human Rights Commission, they were able to determine that she'd been lied to. They sent a Caucasian couple out, and they were told that there was a vacancy. You can't deny discrimination when the same unit that has been denied to a black person is offered to a white person. I feel very, very angry. So much so that it still evokes it still evokes anger and hurt deep deep hurt The allegations of discrimination against the Trump businesses began when his dad was running the company, but then continued after Donald Trump was named as president. That's when the Justice Department became involved. We found how Trump personnel would be told to deal with people of color. One of the ways in which they were told to deal was to put a big C on their application. C for colored that's fairly unusual. Most landlords follow the law, and it's frankly just a tiny minority that would engage in activities that would be so blatantly illegal. We sued the Trump Organization and Fred Trump and Donald Trump. Donald and Fred Trump and the company eventually settled the case. The proof was so clear that the Justice Department was able to obtain uh, a strong consent decree. It is functionally the same as being found guilty of discrimination, except you don't have to admit discrimination. Once the suit was settled, that wasn't the end of the discriminatory activities, and a couple of years later, the Justice Department had to file a motion against the firm again. If he carries this practice over as president, I fear for certain minority groups because I can still hear Trump saying, knock the crap out of him. Knock the crap out of him, would you? Seriously. Or there goes my African-American. Oh, look at my African-American over here. As if he was some pet dog. He is not worthy of becoming president of this country. That was powerful, folks. And that is who Jason Chaffetz and Paul Ryan are voting for. Doesn't really surprise me from Jason Chaffetz because he's a Mormon. And at the time that Donald Trump was discriminating against blacks and not renting to them, Jason Chaffetz's church was not allowing blacks to be members of the priesthood within their religion because of the color of their skin. Till 1978. Cowards. That is who they support. A racist. If you want more evidence that he's a racist, here's testimony he gave before Congress about Indians. Is this you discussing Indian blood? 
We're going to judge people by whether they have Indian blood, whether they're qualified to run a gaming casino or not? Uh, I, that probably is me, absolutely. Because I'll tell you what, if you look, if you look at some of the reservations that you've approved, you, sir, and your great wisdom have approved, I will tell you right now, uh, they don't look like Indians to me, and they don't look like the Indians. Now, maybe we say politically correct or not politically correct. They don't look like Indians to me, and they don't look like Indians to Indians. And a lot of people are laughing at it, and you're telling how tough it is, how rough it is to get approved. Well, you go up to Connecticut, and you look. Now, they don't look like Indians to me, sir. Thank God that's not the test of whether or not people have rights in this country or not, whether or not they pass your look test. Depends whether, yeah, depends whether or not you're approving it, sir. No, no, it's not a question whether I'm approving it. It's not a question whether I'm approving it. Mr. Trump, you know, you know in the history of this country where we've heard this discussion before, they don't look Jewish to me. Oh, really? They don't look well. Indian to me. They don't look Italian to me. Mm -hmm. And that was a test for whether people could go into business or not go into business, whether they could get a bank loan. You're too black. You're not black enough. I want to find out. You, a, well, then why are you appro you're approving a, for Indian? Why don't you approve it for everybody then? That's not a if your case is non-discriminatory, why don't you approve for everybody? You're saying well, you only Indians. Wait a minute, sir. Stand for it you're saying minutes? only Indians can have the reservations, only Indians can have the gaming. So why aren't you approving it for everybody? Why are you being discriminatory? Why is it that the Indians don't pay tax? But everybody else does. I do. Racist. Liar. He doesn't pay taxes. He discriminates against blacks. He says hateful shit about Native Americans. That is who they're voting for. Cowards. He disrespects our, our, our democracy. The way our elections transpire. Our entire democratic process is in jeopardy because he is whipping up a frenzy within the undereducated, low-information voters who support him. He's talking about voter fraud like it's a thing that's happening all the time. And because of him, it is happening now by his supporters. 55-year-old Terry Rode is charged with first-degree election misconduct. Authorities saying the Des Moines woman turned in two absentee ballots at a Polk County election satellite office. It was picked up pretty quick. These things aren't going to slip by the, the election office, and they brought it to our attention. Uh, the elements of the crime were there, so she was charged. How was she caught? Safeguards in place caught Rode's second ballot signature. Later, an arrest warrant was issued, and she was booked on a $5,000 bond at the Polk County Jail. She bonded out. We knocked on her front door, but no one answered. What I can say is that in the, in the 25 plus years that uh, I've been doing this job, we've had very few cases uh, where there have been voter fraud uh, allegations made. Although other cases have come up in Iowa this election season, Rote is the only one who has been charged. The other two cases involved confusion over ballots, which isn't as rare as you may think. There's been some confusion regarding what absentee ballot requests are and actually absentee ballots. But in terms of actually there being some cases where people have voted twice, it really hasn't happened much. Rote's first ballot does count, but that second vote has gotten her a court date. We encourage everyone to get out and vote and exercise that right. And uh, that those who would attempt to violate the law, you're going to get caught.
This is because of Donald Trump. This is because of the fury that he's causing in his followers. He, I, th I believe this woman was really fearful that her vote wasn't going to count because of the propaganda and lies that Donald Trump gets up on stage and talks about for hours at a time. Yeah, it's really disturbing and, and sad, actually, because he's taking advantage of people, I think. Yeah. And these people are scared and they feel like they don't have power. And he's coming into their lives saying, I have power. I have money. And I will solve all of your problems. And I'm the only one who can fix it. Let's drain the swamp. Yeah. I know right. what I'm doing. I'm the only one who can fix it. Put your faith in me. And that's what they're doing. And it's really sad to see that someone like this can so easily fool so many people. Yeah. For just information purposes, I watched that video. This was a video clip that I converted into audio. And uh, when they went to her door, when she didn't answer, when they knocked on her door, her trailer door or whatever it was, there's a Trump sign on the screen. And then you could see when they opened the screen that there was a Confederate flag mm. as a curtain for the window on the front door. Mm. So uh, paint a little picture for who she was. Voter fraud, folks. Well, it's not all doom and gloom. Not everything makes me scream and freak out. There are some people with a little bit of backbone. Bill Weld, the vice presidential candidate for the libertarian ticket this year, seems to be, ah, damn, I think it might have been a game changer had he been at the top of the ticket for the libertarians. Oh, yeah. If, he, if, if it had been Bill Weld, Gary Johnson, it would have been a whole different scenario. Yeah, Bill Weld is very educated. He comes across very educated. He's well-spoken. He has good manners. He's, he's level-headed. He's a very impressive person. Right. He was on with Morning Joe on MSNBC, and he had a little something to say about Donald Trump. I've got a copy of George Orwell's 1984 here. Oh, that's a good one. Well, you know something? I want to read three sentences from it, if, if I may. Well, we'd love that because, you know, Willie and I, we don't do a lot of reading anymore. No, no. This we will... play video games. So, you know, Big Brother is running the country in, in George Orwell's right. 1984. And, and every day <clears throat> he beams two minutes of hate uh, into the minds of everyone in the country. Right. Uh, so, uh, here's three sentences. Before the hate had proceeded for 30 seconds, uncontrollable exclamations of rage were breaking out from half the people in the room. In its second minute, the hate rose to a frenzy. People were leaping up and down in their places and shouting at the top of their voices. The horrible thing about the two minutes hate, that's the name of the exercise, was not that one was obliged to act apart. Right. but that it was impossible to avoid joining in. And yet, the rage that one felt was an abstract, undirected emotion, which could be switched from one object to another, like the flame of a blow lamp. Sound like a Trump rally? Oh, I thought you were talking about Kanye West. No. Concert. Welcome to Donald Trump's America, Trump. everybody. Morning Joe is a clown. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Bill Weld's making a salient point there. Yeah. A serious point. A very appropriate passage from that book. But he and, wants to make uh, some jokes. I thought you were talking about Kanye, everybody. Shut up, 
Joe Scarborough. Uh, no let, one. Let him make his point, jackass. And no one laughed. Of course not. It's out, it's, it's, it's out of place. You know, no one laughed at the first joke. That should uh, give you a hint that... We don't read. <laughs> maybe you don't go for it on the second joke. <laughs> well, he's trying to redeem himself, Brittany Page. Right, right. I'm the only one who's allowed to tell jokes that aren't funny. Oh, okay. Got in it. In the entertainment biz. Yeah. Or the information. Or the infotainment biz. Mm, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Bill Weld... He stuck with CNBC or uh, MSNBC, as it were, the last couple days. Here he is being confronted by Rachel Maddow, and he doesn't back down. When I saw this headline th- that, he, that he said, I'm here vouching for Mrs. Clinton, I thought, there's no way that Bill Weld said that. That an active vice presidential nominee for a major third party is going to, to practically endorse the Democratic candidate. I just, I couldn't believe it. And it happened. I can't imagine that you wouldn't tell a person in North Carolina or Ohio to vote for Hillary Clinton if the choice they were making was between giving the Libertarian Party 5% or potentially electing Donald Trump. Because you guys don't have a chance against Donald Trump, and she does. And if they vote for you, you're helping, they would be helping to elect Donald Trump. The Libertarian Party hasn't treated you great if they're putting out statements that you disagree with over your own name. Even now, this one, one week before the election, I can't imagine that your loyalty to them is stronger than your fear of Trump as a president. Well, I'm here vouching for Mrs. Clinton, and I think it's high time somebody did, and I'm doing it based on my personal experience with her, and I, I think she deserves to have people uh, vouch for her other than members of the Democratic National Committee, mm-hmm. so I'm here to do that. I mean, I've known her for 40 years. I've worked with her. I know her well professionally. I know her well personally. I know her to be... Uh, uh, a person of high moral character, uh, a reliable person, uh, and uh, an honest person. Uh, however, so much uh, Mr. Trump may rant and rave uh, to the contrary. So I- I'm happy to say that. So if you don't believe other Democrats, and you certainly don't believe some Republicans, you can believe Bill Weld. <laughs> he's an independent guy. Right. And he's saying it that she has high moral character, that she's legit. It, it really, it actually does change my opinion of Hillary Clinton quite a bit. Hmm. I, I wonder what it does Be- for... Because I respect Bill Weld. For the people who lean libertarian who may hate Hillary Clinton, I wonder if they succumb to their polarization and say, no, we hate Hillary Clinton and we're going to reject this guy because he must not really be a libertarian. Right. And continue on with their views or if it changes something well we're going to wrap the dollamocracy segment with this clip if you're on the fence about voting for trump know that if you vote for trump if you support trump if you want to be like paul ryan the speaker of the house jason chaffetz from utah and you want to support the man who all of these clips that we've played have, have led to this. You will be in league with white separatists, with KKK members, with open, self-admitted racists and white nationalists like William Johnson, who just put out a new robocall against another third-party candidate named Evan McMullen, who's pr- pretty much only running in Utah because it's a Mormon stronghold, and he too is a Mormon. And the Mormons do not like Donald Trump yeah, and are not voting for Donald Trump. That is right. Evan McMullen might pull off. I mean, it's a long shot, but he might pull off a win 
in Utah and rob Donald Trump of four electoral votes, which he desperately needs. This is a robocall that William Johnson paid for and, and spoke himself. And it's just salacious and hateful. And this, if you vote for Trump, is who you are in league with. Hello, my name is William Johnson. I'm a farmer and a white nationalist. I make this call against Evan McMullen and in support of Donald Trump. Evan McMullen is an open borders amnesty supporter. Evan has two mommies. His mother is a lesbian married to another woman. Evan is okay with that. Indeed, Evan supports the Supreme Court ruling legalizing gay marriage. Evan is over 40 years old and is not married and doesn't even have a girlfriend. I believe Evan is a closet homosexual. Don't vote for Evan McMullen. Vote for Donald Trump. He will respect all women and be a president we can all be proud of. I paid for this ad for the American National Super PAC. 213-718-3908. I would just like to reiterate something that I think is important, and that is people don't believe that white nationalist KKK members, that they are Christians. They are Christians. Oh, yeah. And the views that you just heard from him, that is a fundamentalist Christian viewpoint. Absolutely. Uh, in those circles, in those racist circles, they are very... Um, anti, anti-LGBT. Oh, oh yeah, for sure, for sure. That is a very prominent they believe, theme. They believe it to be aberrant behavior, not, not a, a, a genetic predisposition. It's not a, a, an orientation by birth. For them, it's, it's, it, it's a moral failing. And William Johnson was selected as a delegate in oh, California. Yeah. yeah. And then taken out of that role after the media got a hold of it and said uh, William Johnson is a white supremacist and he's selected as a delegate for the Trump campaign. What's going on here? And then they pushed him out. Yeah, only after the media started asking questions. So that's who you're in league with if you vote for Donald Trump. If your candidate is the one who's supported across the board by the KKK and racist organizations such as that, you got a problem on your hands. That's why I left the Republican Party many years ago. One of the many reasons is the hate and intolerance and frankly, the bad policy. All right, let's wrap this. It's the asshole of today. So the asshole of today is a pretty broad category. <laughs> this time. It's, it's, so it's a big wide asshole is what you're saying. Well, normally we choose broad. We choose a specific person or organization or a state sometimes. Oh, yeah. But I want to award this <laughs> prize to anyone who hosts a judgment house or a judgment house or a hell house oh yeah like halloween like churches have well see i had never heard of this before but apparently these are things that churches host on halloween yeah absolutely it's very weird and church members sign up to act in these skits yeah and sometimes it takes an hour for people to go through all the different skits it's like 20 people at a time it's like a church version of a haunted house yeah, and what happens is characters 
the the people who go through the house follow these characters going through different situations. Now, they could be uh, going to hell for having an abortion or being gay. They can be going through the process of deciding whether or not they're going to have an abortion. They have to make a choice, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, it was always abortion, premarital sex, drugs. It was always those. And then, of course, they're told that the only way they can go to heaven is to believe in Jesus. That's right. Oh, yeah. And the judgment houses, they put their characters through all sorts of tortures, kidnapping, child abuse, drug abuse, hidden pregnancies. They kill the characters off in all kinds of different ways. Car crash, cancer, burglary, military service, carbon monoxide poisoning, getting real creative, (laughs) a tornado. Okay. This is very disturbing. Yeah, it's. I, I was always creeped out by it, even when I was a Christian. So you've been to one? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been to many of these. You've walked through one of these on Halloween? Yeah, they're weird. Well, it's just like a haunted house, except it's a little corny because it's... Well, it's not corny. They're showing very serious things. For sure. And showing people going to hell. As a dumb kid, I found it corny. I'm, ta- I'm speaking from my child perspective, which kind of... Actually, it sounds it like now. you're speaking from your adult perspective. <laughs> All Not right. your child perspective. All right, all right. Because I imagine being a child who's indoctrinated and being terrified going through this. So is there a specific church or a hell house that raised your ire? No, it's any church that has a judgment house or a hell house and terrifies people and threatens them with this idea of burning in hell. For all yeah. eternity. Yeah. Unless uh, for, they accept or, Jesus. Well, not just that. It's not even the Jesus thing, which is bad enough in itself. It's also that you're burning in hell for things that are innate in you. You're born gay. That's not a sin. One, there is no hell to burn in. Two, you wouldn't even burn there because you're born that way. If God made you gay, then he made you correct. You don't need to go through a hell house to be shamed or 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 scared into changing how you are. So I want to continue about the judgment house because <laughs> at the end of the scenes before the audience tour um, ends, there's someone who is a white robed judge. Oh, yeah. To send them to hell or let them to heaven. Yeah, he calls yeah. out the first name of every person on tour and says it's not your time yet. You're dismissed for now. And let them go off and really they got to ponder that. Oh, I got to act right now. Ugh. Which will last like 15 minutes until they go out and, you know, live like a normal human being. Well, apparently there's people who like raise their hand and say I want to accept Jesus for the first time. Well, that's the whole goal. Right. It's a scare tactic. If you have to scare somebody into your faith, <laughs> Isn't that a problem? It would be a problem for me. When I start my religion, I'm not going to want to scare people into it. I want to love them into it. Yeah. So uh, this is just... uh, Asshole today. Really disturbing. And I wish people would stop. Um, (laughs) This doesn't seem helpful or useful or kind. It just doesn't seem kind. Um, Bare minimum. Just be kind. And that's not happening. So don't like it. Brittany doesn't like it, everybody. Do not like it. I don't like it either. Okay. Even though I participated as a child. Well. And apparently didn't condemn it so strongly now. (laughs) I got all my condemnation out during the Trump segment. Oh. So I'm all condemnationed out. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Understood. All right. Well, we're going to leave you there, folks. We love you guys. Thank you for tuning in twice a week or as often as you do. If you'd like to support the show other than by doing that, you can go to dollamore.com slash Amazon. Buy some goodies. It's almost Christmas time. Don't forget to call in for the Thanksgiving Giving Thanks special. We don't really have a name for it. 657-464-7609. That is the number. You can also send an email with a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. There's PayPal. There's Patreon. There's all kinds of ways for you guys to get involved, to move the conversation forward and help us do so. We love you. And until next time, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. But I just figured I'd give my two cents in there. Bye.